Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, welcome back to episode 91 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast, the Chris Long episode 9-1. We are going into week three of the NFL season and whatever fucking week of college football, but we obviously got a big show for you. Going to wrap up, talk about a lot of stuff, obviously week three lines, some fantasy football things, and a little bit of UFC talk with a big fight coming up this weekend. Um, But Travis is here to discuss how we did on the books last week and how we've done um, in two, within uh, two weeks of the 2020 season. Yeah. So on the year, I am down 0.46 units. So basically nothing. Um, Jared is up 14.49. I think he's had the two luckiest weeks of his life. I don't think he's ever done that in the whole two years that we've been doing this. Yeah. I mean, or for as long as he's been betting. Yeah, no, to have two weeks like that, no, that's just football. Obviously, with all everything else, I'm not up that in real life. But I will say I see it coming to an end very quickly because I hate this week's slate. I can't say I, I don't like it at all. I, again, because um, we're doing our five extra picks, got some college football games that I love. It might be a very odd instance that I do well in college football this year. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. The more I look, like the primetime games I'm not in love with, I wasn't in love with any, I didn't see anything that really stuck out to me. And maybe that's just me, like, maybe I missed something. Who knows? But we shall see how it goes. Um, Week two NFL season was obviously over. I was talking to Travis about it last night after the Monday night game. And I don't know, I don't know why. I just felt like this week was super underwhelming. You had a couple of exciting games, um, obviously with the Falcons and the, and the Cowboys and the Chiefs and the Chargers. But, Outside of that, there really wasn't a ton to be excited about. Yeah, I had the down two that like I just didn't think it was nearly as fun to watch as week one. Not very many exciting games. Um, I mean, there was some scoring, but a lot of the games were just not really competitive uh, as they were in week one. Maybe we're going to start to see some big swings and performances, teams that aren't going to be good playing like shit teams that are going to be good, just taking it away with games. Um, but for, like a notable performance for me, that I know it might not be that big. I actually have two uh, were the Browns. I think it was nice to see them getting their offense going. Baker Mayfield honestly have maybe having, you know, a career game. He made some really big plays on Thursday night. Uh, that throw to Odell Beckham being one of them was amazing. And then my other one was the Colts. Uh, they had a strong showing after kind of a bad week one, beat the shit out of the Vikings. Um, I would like to see Phil Rivers doing a little bit more with that offense. But yeah. other than that, those are two teams that are trending in the right direction, I think. Well, it doesn't help they can't stay healthy. They lost Marlon Mack. They lost Paris Campbell. He's on IR now. So you're really down to T.Y. Hilton and 
Jonathan Taylor slash Naheem Hines, but um, I did like to see Phillip Rivers and that team bounce back at high expectations. Um, I also had two people that are two teams that are kind of trending upward and in the right direction. Mine's like my first was a team slash player. It's the Cardinals and slash or Kyler Murray. I mean, Kyler Murray has really performed well this year. Um, I read a stat this today that he has more rushing yards and like, you know, some of the top running backs in the league, he has more passing yards than Pat Mahomes, the kit. And honestly, like I couldn't find the lines for today, but if you can, if you can afford it, maybe put down a future for him to win MVP. Cause I'm sure the odds are stupid. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he has been lighting it up uh, and I'll talk about him a little bit later. Yeah. So will I. So that's my first one was a Cardinal slash Kyler Murray. Um, my second one that is trending upward um, is the Packers. I mean, their offense is rolling. Um, they're averaging over 40 points per game, um, and they just look really, really good, especially um, now that Rodgers and Jones like, – this is the first time I feel like that Aaron Rodgers ever had a solid running game in Aaron Jones, and that just bodes super well for their offense, um, for them for to keep defenses guessing instead of dropping six back into coverage every single time because they know Rodgers is going to pass it. I would say the first time in a while, uh, Eddie Lacy was very good year. for a couple yeah. years. Uh, but, yeah, they're doing good. Honorable mention for me, Rams kind of coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Rams definitely came out of came out of left field. Uh, I did not have them being very good in the division. I actually had them at the bottom, like maybe even below the Cardinals. But that entire NFC West, I think, Save for the 49ers, which is one of I was gonna say, I think the 49ers might be the worst team in the division this year. And it's not to any fault of their own. Um, no, I'm just saying. Well, I don't think that their injuries helped before that. I mean, still, I could make an argument that they might be the worst. Everyone is just playing really good football in that division. Uh, and I think we've seen it coming for a couple of years now. Well, the, the NFC West kind of goes through ebbs and flows. Like every like four to five years, I think they're the best division in football. And I think that this year is going to be one of those years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're playing really good. Seahawks playing good. Cardinals playing good. Uh, 49ers, if they could get healthy, they would be right there with them. Yeah. But for me, a team – I mean, I know it's only been two weeks, but a team that is not heading in the right direction. Um, I mean, obviously, it's got to be the Eagles. They, I thought that they were going to be, you know, maybe – a wild card team now it's looking like they're maybe going to win six games. Yeah. And it really looks like the Cowboys are really poised to win that NFC East. I mean, with the Redskins. Seven and nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we said that uh, this summer though, we said the NFC East was going to be a very low rent division. Um, we've said both East divisions are going to be pretty terrible. Um, I do agree with the Eagles. They played horrendous. I almost, took the Bengals as the up my upset of the week, but you know, I didn't cause I was like, I can't. Yeah. I was, I looked at that game four different times probably. Yep. yep. And I landed on something different. I'm like, dude, there's just no way that they're going to go and three and lose the Bengals, but who knows? Um, my team that has been super underperforming and training in the wrong direction is the Minnesota Vikings and really Kirk cousins. Um, I know you like Kirk cousins a lot. He's oh, playing- I do. It's just, they've been playing horrible though. Well, he specifically is playing terrible football for a guy that's making whatever, 50, 60 million. Um, so that team, I thought they were going to compete with the Packers for the division. Now you look at it, it's the Packers and the fucking Bears. So, which will change very, very quickly, I think. But um, the Vikings are not looking like a good football team right now. I mean, you you sign Kirk Cousins, you're paying Kirk Cousins all this money. You got you to gotta put something around him. I mean, Adam Thielen can only do so much. He's 
small um, and just not like your typical go-to receiver. I know they draft Justin Jefferson, but coming in as a rookie, like outside of that, he just doesn't have a whole lot to lean on. No, he doesn't. So um, I think two teams that we did not expect to be kind of in this position heading into week three, potential going 0-3. Um, I don't know if Tom Mahedu, the Vikings play. I don't think the Eagles will go 0-3, but two teams that really need to turn around pretty quick. Another team to add in that mix, too, is the Texans. Yes. Playing Pittsburgh this week is not looking very, 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 very proud. Oh, they, they are uh, they're facing a big road ahead of them if, they are go, if they're going to go down 0-3 and lose the Steelers this week. I'll just say that. Yeah, I mean, especially if the Titans are able to win because they have a very winnable game this week against Minnesota. Um, that's who Minnesota plays is Tennessee. Um, if Tennessee is able to go in and get that victory – and go and be three and zero that division with with Houston being zero and three. It's really going to hate to be that guy, but it almost seems like they don't have a shot to win the division anymore. I mean, no, they don't. It's it's going to come down between Indy and Tennessee. I think maybe even Jacksonville. Who the fuck knows? I mean, if, te- if Tennessee or if the Texans want to compete for the division, honestly, it sounds crazy, but they have to win this week. Absolutely, absolutely. So, got some teams that have some big, very big week threes coming up. Um, which kind of leads us into the Bill O'Brien Award. Is something we introduced last week. Did you think a coach was deserving of the award this week? I could only really think of one. Um, not many finalists that I saw. I have one coach in mind that I can make a case for, and that is Dan Quinn. Yep, that's mine. So, got to give it to him then. That's both of ours. Um, obviously, if you guys don't know, Dan Quinn, coach the Falcons. You just can't let your team – blow a 20 point lead. I know there's only so much you can do, but you can't let that happen. Not only that, this, 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 the, the most critical moment in the game comes down to hundred percent of coaching. And that was that onside kick. How do you not teach your hands team to just drop, jump on the ball? You got fucking Hayden Hurst boxing out guys. Like he's playing basketball to jump on that. thing. I, I think a lot of what, cause I mean, really how often do you go over onside kicks? You don't. I bet that's going to change a lot. But I no. think they, in the minds of the guys on the onside kick team for the Falcons, I guess they thought that it also had to go 10 yards before they could touch it. Like you said, Hayden Hurst was boxing dudes out. Like, oh, let this get past 10 yards so I can dive on it. Um, that's not the case. You can touch it whenever you want. Just the kicking team can't touch it till 10 yards. So huge blunder, terrible mistake. Uh, I mean, and Dan Quinn – very well deserving of that, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, Dan Quinn was the coach when they when they blew the 28-3 lead against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, right? I, he, I, he's been there for as long as I can remember, so it had to be. Dude, I mean, that's just – I was watching that game, and it was 29-10 to 10 at one point, and I'm like – I think the Vikings scored a touchdown. I'm like – I looked at my wife, and I was like, hey, watch the Vikings. I mean, watch, watch the, uh, the Cowboys score a touchdown. I said, watch the Falcons blow this game, and they did. But, I mean, it's just – it was not great by any stretch of the measure. I will say that onside kick by Greg Zerland was pretty freaking nasty, though. The way he kicked it on on the side of the ball like that, and like oh, I didn't around. see like the zoom in, but the kick at first, I thought it was going to go right, and then you know how kicks are in the NFL; they never look like they're going to go in. Uh, no, I was talking then, about the onside kick. How oh, he, the like, onside kick. Yeah, I mean, like the kick itself, because the the kick itself for a second, like. They always like veer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like a field goal kick, uh, but the onside kick, weirdest thing ever. Like, and he just like 
kind of gave it a little nudge with his foot and just stood there. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, how did they ever think that that would work? I don't know, but it did. I don't think it ever would work again. No, like Regs or Lion ruined that for any other kicker that wanted yep. to try it. I was going to say any any head coach, first thing he did on Monday morning, probably went to his team and was like, all right, guys, see what the Falcons did? Don't do that. You jump on the ball immediately. Exactly. No, There's no way you can muff that ball. It's not even bouncing. No. and no, absolutely, absolutely not. And, like, so my, Dan Quinn, he gets the Bill O'Brien Award. Um so we'll see if anyone gets it in week three. That was really my own nomination. Like, I didn't see a lot of bad coaching decision. I will say, we talked about it last week. I saw not a lot of flags in week one. I saw too many in week two. Oh, my gosh. Dude, just the, I mean, recency bias. But uh, Monday night, I know the Saints probably aren't the most disciplined team and they deserve some of the flags. But getting whatever, 13 flags for 130 yards, that loses the game for you. Yeah. I mean, that was I, – I could have given it to Sean Payton, but at the end of the day, like you said, it's like your players got to execute, and those players are just making dumb penalties. A lot of them shouldn't have been called. I didn't see a lot of penalties in week one. I saw way too many in week two. It honestly got me disinterested in the game. And at some points, I found myself, like, after like I saw a flag, I'm like, oh, fuck. I pulled up my phone and got on Twitter and stuff, and then I missed parts of the game because I was still on my phone. Like, they got to cut the penalties down. Like, I understand what you're trying to do, but you got to cut it out. Yeah, just honing in on one in particular on the Monday night game, if everyone watched, if you can remember, there was an illegal blindside block yep, on-, on Emmanuel Sanders, was it? And it was not even a block. It was like a nudge by a shoulder, the softest thing ever. Uh, and even the announcers said that it was, it was technically like the way that he did it was a blindside block, but he did not hit him with enough force to throw it. I think refs at this point are just trying to be way too technical. Well, not to be like, not going to be sexist, but that, that girl ref is horrible. Yeah. I mean, she's not great. Maybe I get, I get, I get what they're trying to do, but man, she threw a lot of dumb flags last night. He did throw a lot of flags. I don't know if it's just like, Hey, I'm trying to, you know, show that I know the game. Yeah. That could be it. Like, because she threw some flags that, you know, would would be thrown on some games. They're not flags that were, like, blatantly no penalty. But they were flags that I think could have been left alone. Well, she's not the only woman ref, isn't it? Is, there, there's I think a there's a couple. Yeah. There's but, not many, though. Um, yeah. Another one, another one in that Saints game that you mentioned it, I think the pass interference at the, at the end of the game on Janoris Jenkins was a little iffy. I had done. I had turned the game off at that point because they pissed me off. Yeah, I know they technically had a chance to come back. The very end of the game, like, yeah, I think it's in that situation when something's not like blatant. You, I don't think you can throw the flag. I think you kind of. It's like the same thing they do in basketball. Like, and at the end of the game, like they let a lot of shit go because it's the end of the game. Like, let let the players play it out. Um, and it I, wasn't uh, under the two minute mark to where it would be. Well, Sean Payton already used a challenge in the second half, so he couldn't challenge it. I know, and it wasn't under the two-minute mark to where it would be reviewed by the booth or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so that kind of sucked for them. Either way, Dan Quinn, Bill O'Brien of the of the week award, already got an early nominee for next week, and Anthony Lynn if he decides to start Tyrod Taylor because he said he's going to if he's healthy. Yeah, I think – I, was listening, I listened to a lot of football podcasts today. Um, I don't 
I think they're I think they're saying that because they have to say it to save face with Tyrod Taylor. But after the way Justin Herbert played on Sunday, you cannot start. Heck, he he is your quarterback now. You drafted him six overall. He's your quarterback. I'm saying if they do, if they start Tyrod Taylor and they lose to the Panthers, I don't care how the Chargers play or how Tyrod Taylor plays, he's getting it. He's absolutely. Oh, getting uh, it. absolutely. We'll see. I don't. I don't. Think, I don't think he'll play because I don't think he's gonna be healthy. It has. It's dating back to his rib issue that he had a couple of years ago. And when you're a quarterback and you're throwing motion, your ribs like involved in every single thing. But anyway, you probably rambled on a little bit too long about week two. Um, let's actually, we are going to take a break. We're going to come back, give you some fantasy football in our lines and uh, we'll see you then. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, we are back with some fantasy football shit uh, like we did a couple weeks ago. We did the stardom sit in week one, I believe. Uh, we skipped past it last week. This week, week three, we're doing the same thing. Uh, for those of you who play fantasy football, you know that you basically cannot start 0-3 you're primed to, you know, make the Sacco Bowl. If you're if you're 0 and 3, the odds of you making the playoffs after that are going to be like the Texans making the playoffs. They start 0 and 3. So we're doing a stardom and a sitem for your major uh, positions: QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and we're throwing in defense because a lot of people like to streamline defenses. So we'll get into it. Quarterback, my start. I'll roll right into it. Uh, Start Ryan Tannehill versus the Vikings this week. He is owned in just 40% of ESPN Fantasy Leagues, starting in only 12% of them, which I find mind-blowing. The Vikings defense has looked so bad. They're 26 against Fantasy QBs. Um, And I mean... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonix Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. You got to start Ryan Tannehill until he shows that he's not the real deal in Tennessee. Yeah, I literally told Travis this today. I'm like, I literally cussed at Ryan Tannehill on Sunday. He threw a touchdown pass with pressure in his face. Like, and I'm like, you fucker. Like, you would have never done that shit in Miami. So, he's whatever it is, change the scenery for what worked for him. Tennessee's balling out. My start this week, like, 
for diehard fantasy ball, it might seem like a duh, no-brainer. But for me, it's Kyler Murray. He's actually only starting in like 50-something percent of leagues on ESPN. Um, and if you have him and you aren't starting him, then you need to start because this kid is balling out. He's going against Detroit, who has surrendered 29 and 22 and a half points to quarterbacks this season. So, I mean, do with that what you will. The kid's balling out. He should be your starter until he proves you that he shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, if you have Colin Murray, you're not starting him. I don't know what you're doing because I would love to have Colin Murray right now. <laughs> um, sit him this week for QB. My sit is Matt Ryan versus the Bears. Yes, Matt Ryan looks like primetime Matty Ice so far through two weeks, but the Bears defense has been solid this year. They've let up 17 and seven points so far to fantasy quarterbacks, so they're not messing around. I do believe it's going to be much harder for Matt Ryan to throw against the Bears than it was versus the Seahawks and the Cowboys because those secondaries have been horrible. Um, If you can afford it, if you have an extra QB, throw him in instead of Matt Ryan because I see an off week coming is much overdue over after having two weeks of Matt Ryan just balling out. Yeah. I don't hate that one. I do for gambling purposes, which which we'll get into later. Um, I, my sit is Carson Wentz and obviously kind of a duh, no brainer, but a lot of people drafted Carson Wentz as their starting quarterback. They waited till later. If you waited till later in the draft and you decided just to take quarterback late, Carson Wentz may have been your guy. But it's finally guilty. Guilty as charged. Yeah, Travis. I know Travis in this position. I'm sure numerous other people are. Numerous other people are. Um, there. It's not just Carson Wentz. It's their offense has been a disaster. Their offensive line is atrocious. They can't protect them. He's getting hit. And I mean, I know they're going against the Bengals this week, but the Bengals aren't the Bengals of last year. Um, they have allowed only eight and 18 points to opposing quarterbacks this year in fantasy. So week one when they played. Uh, I believe it was the Chargers. Tyrod Taylor only scored eight points. Last week, Baker Mayfield, even though he played pretty well, only scored 18. So I just think that Carson Wentz is a guy you should stash in your bench this week. If you have another quarterback, if not, drop a fifth running back for another one and sit him this week. I don't mind that, but I think for myself included and a lot of people, this is like do or die week for Carson Wentz. Like this is the week where you start him. If he does bad, you can absolutely – disregard him uh meanwhile if you bench him and he does good you just have that on your mind to where like you never know if you want to start him or sit him but if he's owing two i mean if you're owing two oh if you're owing two yeah you really afford that well if you're owing two and you have carson wentz then yeah maybe not but like if you're one-on-one you have carson wentz you're debating start him this could be the week where it's like hey you don't perform then i cut you yeah no i hear you i hear you for sure so, don't hate it but either way i do think the Bengals' numbers versus the uh, quarterbacks this season are a little skewed because of Tyrod Taylor. But I mean, 18, Baker, you said earlier this year, if your quarterback doesn't score over 20, you're not happy. Baker only scored 18. That's true. Their run game, though, was going bananas. So, so I'm saying if they can get Miles Sanders and, and Boston Scott involved, there's not a lot that Carson Wentz can really do. That's funny. Niall Sanders and Boston Scott having a good day. Yeah. <laughs> a, little um, different, a little different than Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick, Nick Chubb. <laughs> yeah, a little different. Uh, running back. My start for running back, and I'm doing it in the league, Devin Singletary versus the Rams. You might be thinking he's only scored seven and eight points. Absolutely not. I'm benching him. I'm done with him. 
I thought the same thing, and then I looked into it. The Rams are letting up big numbers versus running backs. Yep. 30 points week one, 24 points in week two. And for me, Singletary has to have a breakout game. He's got to distance himself from the rookie, Zach Moss. They're like almost splitting carries, but he's outgained Zach Moss in both weeks. Don't know how the Bills haven't given him the nod, uh, but I feel like he just needs a big game. This game could be it. Uh, he has a very good matchup against this, the uh, L.A. Lambs. So <laughs> start him. If he doesn't do well, then you can move on from him for good. I don't disagree with that. I will say the Dolphins bottled up the Bills run game pretty well last week for the most part, um, which was surprising after they got gashed in week one. So um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I don't hate that. Like, like you said, start him and, and then decide after that. My I'm saying the Rams have given up a lot. So they, have, they have. Um, well, they played Zeke week one, and they played um, – who did they play last Miles week? Miles Sanders. Oh, fuck. Well, there you go. Yeah. That, and Miles Sanders and Devin Singletary are kind of similar backs. So, exactly. I mean, take with that what you will. My start, again, it might seem like a no-brainer, but a lot of people are, you know, kind of questioning this entire offense right now. And mine's Melvin Gordon for the, for the, for the Broncos. Um, it just announced the Steelers. No, they played the Steelers last week. Yeah, they play Tampa Bay this week. Tampa Bay's allowed three touchdowns to running backs this year. Um, in fantasy, a lot of people are just like, you know, locks out for a while. Um, you know, Lindsey and, and Lindsey's out as well, which is the reason why I think you lean Gordon here. Um, he's been propped up this year so far by two touchdowns. Like, you got a touchdown week one, touchdown week two, take those away. He's scoring like seven, eight points. I think he's going to get a lot more touches touches this week, be involved a lot more in the offense with Driscoll and slash or break Blake Bortles playing, playing the full game. Um, I just think they're going to have to lean on him a lot to get this W. Don't think they will, but Tampa Bay is not very good against running back, so that's why I'm starting Melvin Gordon. Okay. Don't hate that. I have Melvin Gordon in the league. You do as well. I'd like to see him start to be a little more successful in Denver. Uh, my sit this week for running back is going to be David Johnson yep. versus Steelers. Uh, it might sound like an obvious choice, but for some people, like David Johnson, is like they have to start him. He's probably an RB2 for them. Yeah. Um, if, if you have David Johnson, I would almost suggest taking a gamble to start one of your running backs on your bench this week, see if he could have a breakout week. Uh, but I just cannot start him versus the Steelers. You saw what they did to Saquon in week one. Imagine what they are going to do to the Texans offensive line who has been questionable at best this year. Uh, also, for a guy that's only seen 11 carries in both week one and week two, um, there's just not much promise for him. If you get 11 carries versus Steelers, you're not getting over 20 yards probably. No, no, absolutely not. Um, that was almost my pick. Ireland with one, my sick. It's going to be controversial as hell. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I almost picked him. Yeah. I almost picked him. Dude, he only got 10 carries last week. I know. And they're playing the Ravens. That's what I'm saying. So, I know it may sound weird to sit your first or second round running back, but if you're sitting 0-2, I would highly consider consider looking at all the matchups you have for your running backs and look at this one for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. If you can slide another running back in, the Ravens have the second best defense against fantasy running backs this year. And like I said, Hilaire only got 10 carries last week. A majority, a big, a big reason why he only got 10 carries is because Casey was playing catch up the whole game because they got down early. 
I see that being very much similar to the case this Monday night when they play the Ravens. I think the Ravens are a better football team right now than the Chiefs, and I see them playing from behind, um, especially if Pat Mahomes starts out slow. So I would really consider looking at Hilaire, benching him this week, and maybe sliding to somebody else, especially if you're 0-2. Yeah, if you're 0-2 and you have Clyde uh, Edwards-Hilaire, whole totally side note, maybe trade him and get something else for him because uh, it's obviously not working for you. But, yeah, I like that. It's almost just like – you have to have a running back heavy team to bench him. But if that is the case, I would, I totally do not disagree with that pick. Uh, wide receiver start for me, Terry McLaurin versus the Browns this week. I can't believe that I just said that because I've dogged on Terry McLaurin now for since he came into the league, but it's true. He's only being started in 69% of leagues. Nice. Uh, but it should be more like 85 to 90% to me with the target shares he's seeing through two weeks, seven in week one, 10 in week two. Uh, Brown's secondary just got torched by Joe Burrow last week. So with Dwayne Haskins having his safety net on Terry McLaurin, uh, and if he gets close to 10 targets this week, I can't see him not being worthy of a start. No, that was, I mean, if you remember back to week one, that was my start week one was Terry McLaurin. Um, He's really the only guy in that offense. Uh, and Dwayne Haskins is obviously gravitating towards him. So, you know, it definitely makes sense there. My start this week for wide receiver is anybody on, on the Dallas Cowboys. We have them start them because Seattle secondary is atrocious. They have let up 731 receiving yards just to receivers this year in two games. They're bad. It's, it's not great. You know, um, so Cooper, Gallup, Lamb, if you have them, they should be in your lineup this week. Um, anybody that's in the fourth or fifth, maybe not consider it if you're in like a fucking 14, 16 team league or whatever. But all three of those guys, if you have them, should be, should be in your lineup this week because they're going to get a lot of volume. So it's funny you say that because – and I agreed with all of it, except for my sit is Michael Gallup versus Seahawks this week. He has a favorable matchup, yes. But the fact of the matter is for him – I think there's too many weapons surrounding him, and he's so overshadowed and so overlooked in that team. Both week one and week two, he's only seen five targets both weeks. No matter what, five targets for a wide receiver is not going to get Combined or or just a game? A game, five targets. But, I mean, he's had a poor performance both games. I mean, even if you catch five passes, say they're for an average of 10 yards – I mean, you need to get in the end zone for it to be worth a start or a good performance from a wide receiver. I'm just saying you need to probably sit him this week to see if he is worthy of a good game because up until this point, you know, you're getting a lot of big plays of CeeDee Lamb, Mariah Cooper, Zeke out of the backfield. Uh, and Dallas is getting their tight ends involved a lot from what I've seen. Uh, Dallas Schultz and another dude. Um, so he's being started in over 50% of the leagues. I would suggest sitting him this week if you can. It's funny you say that. He gets an increase in targets. It's funny you say that because I actually do have him in one of our leagues. And as of right now, he's on my bench. I'm kind of toying with it. But I'm also, I also have a, a very wide receiver deep team in that league. That's I, what I'm saying. This could be a week where if you have somebody to put in place, it might not be a bad idea. I could see that. But for the deeper teams, if you have Gallup and he's like, your wide receiver too, you got to ride with him just because of the matchup with Seattle. Um, so 
that is your sit. My sit's going to be John Brown in Buffalo. And it's I just traded him away in one of my leagues this week. <laughs> you were really making a case for him. Yeah, I was. I was pushing for it hard. Uh, but John Brown has had a great start to the fantasy season, no doubt about it. 16 point if you're in a half-point BR, 16 points um, the, la- the first two games, touchdown in each. But that's my issue. He scored a touchdown in each game. He's, right now he's pacing for 16 TDs on the year. His career high seven. Break it eventually. Yeah, his career high seven in 2015. So, I mean, and the Rams have allowed only 300 receiving yards to opposing wide receivers this, uh, this year and zero touchdowns, probably because of Jalen Ramsey. So, John Brown which kind of Which might bank on my start of Singletary that the Bills might run the ball a little more. I mean, seriously, they might have, they're going to have to revert to it. Miami doesn't have a great – Miami really bottled up the run. They, they tried to get it going early, and they stopped it. Um, maybe they put out tape on how to do it. But then they started gashing them through the air. Um, I think the Rams have a little bit of a better secondary, so might, might be vice versa this week. Cool. Don't don't mind that. Moving on to tight end, my start for the tight end position is going to be a deep, deep dive. Mo Ali Cox for the Colts versus the Jets. Uh, this, I mean, this is likely a boomer bust here. Yep. But at the same time, like, if you're having tight ends – I have a deep dive too, and it's not this one, but it's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's not a bad idea because, like, when you think about it, if you're having tight end troubles where you're going to need advice on who to start at tight end, you got to roll with a guy that has a huge boom opportunity. Um, in this case, Jack Doyle is hurt. So the, the, only, the only way you start him is if Jack Doyle is not playing on Sunday. Moali Cox is only owned in 1.2% of fantasy leagues. I'm sure that's going to change – because uh, the waivers hit on Wednesday. But I'm assuming it's still going to be a lower percent. He had eight targets uh, in the first two games, seven catches, over 100 yards last game on like five targets. It seems like the only person Philip Rivers has thrown the ball to successfully has been his tight ends. So well, if Jack Doyle's out, Moali Cox is the play. I mean, think about it. Philip Rivers had – Hunter Henry in, with, with the Chargers. at one Antonio point. Gates. Antonio Gates. The dude loves tight ends. So this makes a lot of sense. I like that pick a lot. Mine is also a deep, deep, deep dive. It's Robert Tanyan for Green Bay. He's owned. He scored a touchdown on Sunday. You know, he's owned in 0.2% of leagues. Like Travis said, it'll probably go up because if you look at the snap counts and the targets, he is getting – the majority of the snap percentages and the majority of the targets as Green Bay's tight ends. And we're seeing what that Green Bay offense can do. It's obviously lighting up the board this year. So I expect that to go up. But if you need a tight end, like for somebody like myself, who I drafted Gronk, I didn't draft a backup. If I was in a deeper league, I might be looking at a Robert Tanyan to pick up um, because they're going against New Orleans this week. They're second worst against tight ends this year. Um, and Tanya's just getting a lot, a lot of the volume. Again, big, big time boomer bust. Like you're talking about, he's either going to score two or ten plus points. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, at that point, if you don't have a good tight end, he's more than likely getting under ten anyway. So, start a boom guy if you can. My sit for tight end is going to be Hayden Hurst uh, for the Falcons playing the Bears. Goes along with my Matt Ryan pick at a uh, sit for QB. Not to say the Bears are going to, like, win this game or dominate by any means, but Hayden Hurst had a career day versus the Cowboys last week. 
shocking because the Cowboys' defense sucks. Um, but he's not going to duplicate that again. He had a big game and a touchdown. Uh, the Bears, they don't defend against tight ends extremely well, but I just don't see Hayden Hurst fitting in this offense to the point where he's going to have, you know, 50, 60 yards and a touchdown. I see him returning to week one form, maybe getting about five or six points. Okay. I don't hate that one at all. Um, he's probably too busy on the basketball court box. If you want. <laughs> I was going to say. So, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, he's too busy working on his blockouts. Um, my set's going to be Evan Ingram. Uh, he's had a very decreased role in their offense this year. I think he was ranked 26 among tight ends in ESPN. Obviously, with their injury of Saquon Barkley, the Giants' offense becomes very, very one-dimensional. You know, you're probably going to be stopping. You're probably going to be stopping the pass first, and then getting whatever you can by stopping the running back after that. Uh, San Francisco's defense is also very, very good. Uh, they are second best against tight ends this year. Very, very tough matchup. Sid Evan Ingram. I know he got drafted as a starters in a lot of leagues. Stream Robert Tanyan or Mo, Mo Ali Cox this week, and just. Put, put Ingram on, on the bench. Yeah, I feel like Evan Ingram has been boom or bust ever since. Not necessarily since he came into the league, but since he like kind of has blown up as a fantasy tight end. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So let's roll into defenses, start them, sit them. I'm going to roll through this really quick. My start this week for defense is going to be Bengals. Um, they're, all, they're only owned in 3.9% of the leagues. Um, they're playing a horrible Philly team like we saw, talked about earlier, whose offensive line is a mess. I can see, you know, two, three sacks, which are some points there. Um, they might not, you know, get be amazing and score you like 10 plus, but they're not going to score, you know, below five, I don't think. I think it's somewhere between the – the five to eight range, which for me is pretty solid for a defense. So if you really have a bad matchup with your starting defense this week, take, take a look at the Bengals, 3.9% of leagues. Mine is going to be the Giants versus the 49ers. Um, really, I only recommend streamlining them if they confirm that Garoppolo or Kittle is out. It doesn't have to be both, but one or the other, I think is a huge part to the offense. Um, if they're without both, they're a must start. Without that, I mean, they're available in 98% of the leagues. This could be a great defense if you're just looking to pick one up to have a decent amount of points. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a few of those lower-ranked defenses have, have some good matchups this week, so definitely they're going to be available. My sit is very contradictory. is what Travis talked about all podcasts with the Atlanta um, matchup. Mine's going to be the Chicago Bears. Just because I have them in a fantasy league this year, and 
Yeah, I mean, they did decent last week, but they also played the Giants, and Saquon Barkley went out in the first quarter. Week one, they played the Lions and scored zero. Atlanta's a much better team than the Lions. I'm not saying that they're going to be horrible or that Matt Ryan or, or Hayden Hurst is going to go off or boom, but I just don't – I still see them scoring points some way, one way or another. Um, so I would sit the Bears this week if you, if you got them. Yeah, I mean, starting a defense is a whole lot different than starting like quarterback and tight end. Like they could – they could get 200 to 300 yards and those players not go off and the defense still get three points and not be worth starting. So my sit is going to be the saints defense versus the Packers. Highly, highly owned and started defense as of right now Uh, should be an absolute sit on the bench this week. If not drop, if you can't afford to have two defenses, we should absolutely not start them. I think we all saw what Derek Carr and Darren Waller did to them on Sunday. So imagine what Aaron Rodgers can do, or on Monday. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. So um, that's our start and sit them for this week. We're going to wrap it up real quickly. Real – well, quickly. Real, real quickly. Um, real quickly with two players or some fantasy players. If you, I have two. Fantasy players that you should completely cut ties with. You drafted them. You want them gone off your team. Um, that you should, you know, don't hesitate to just, you know what, I'm done with them. I'm done. Um, That's tough. Did you did, did you not see that question? No, I did. But I'm just saying, like, it's, it's tough because it's like after two weeks and if it's a player that you drafted in, like, you know, a mid-round, it's kind of hard just to, like, it cut is complete ties. One of mine was my starting tight end. It was in one, in one league. It's, it's Gronk. Time to go. Gronk? Yeah, I mean, he has been just not good um, at all. Mine is going – I feel like Belichick signed him to to be more as a decoy than anything. Yeah, I feel that for sure. I mean, he just hasn't performed. I I think it's something that everyone expected, but, like, at the same time, you couldn't not draft him. Like, when I drafted him, like, there was, like, eight tight ends gone, so I took Gronk. I'm like, you know what? Take Gronk. If he doesn't work out, I can pick somebody else up, which I have somebody else in mind, but – you know, it's time time to cut ties with Gronk. Well, you, if you're listening to me, you're probably going to kick yourself in the ass. He's probably going to go off for like 50, 15 points this week. So, <laughs> My my first one is going to be Sterling Shepard. Uh, yeah, I know he got a little injured last week. But as a mid-round pick, like I picked him, I think, in the seventh or so. Um, seven points in the week one, four points in week two. Just not cutting it. I mean, that off – Offense is a mess. You never know when you're going to be able to trust him. Yeah. That kind of pairs well with my second one. Mine's any Giants wide receiver, tight end wide receiver. <laughs> there you go. I mean, literally anybody in that offense, really. Just get rid of them. They're, they're done, though. Yep. Don't mind that one. My uh, my second one's going to be Austin Hooper. A guy that, I mean, did amazing last year. The Browns signed him. He's the highest fucking paid tight end in the league and has 37 receiving yards through two weeks on four catches. I don't think he fit in the Browns offense like everyone thought he would. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's a for sure have to drop him. I yeah. mean, he's the 36th ranked tight end in fantasy. How is he higher paid than Travis Kelsey or, or uh, Zach Ertz? Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's the highest paid tight end, though. No, he is. I said, but how? Oh, I don't know. No idea, dude. I don't know if it's just like contract timing because Travis Kelsey's still decently young. Yeah. But I yeah, it blows my mind why they paid him so much. 
I'll tell you a guy who might be uh, no bias here, but a guy that might end up being at the top of that list soon is fucking the boy down in Miami, Mike Kosicki. We'll see. He needs a couple more big weeks before anything else. Um, Cause he was my start week one and he only had like five points. But then last week he fucking went bananas. Last week he did go bananas. Like I said, if he can have a good game against Jacksonville on Thursday, he might be worth the hype. Um, the Generates Digest, let's roll into it because uh, we got 10 picks apiece coming to you guys. Same as last week. Technically 12, but yeah. 12. The two, the two. Oh, yeah, because we had – yeah, yeah, yeah. But for football, we have 10 picks. Uh, start with the first one. Like usual, Thursday night game. I was just talking about Miami at Jacksonville. The Jags are – Minus three and the over under is 48 points. Yeah, I don't like this game at all. I told talking Travis earlier, I'm not a huge fan of any of the spreads or anything on, on any of the primetime game, prime games this week. Not a huge fan. This one, I'm leaning the over of 48 um, at two units. It's actually minus 105 right now. It's risky, but the over played, played, played out well for me last week on Thursday night. Um, I can't decide because I can literally see this game going either way. Um, I think whoever wins the game is going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be close. I'm not super confident in Miami winning. So, and a, but then again, I'm, on the other side, I'm not super confident in Jacksonville winning. But I, what I do know, I think points will be scored because both these teams are allowing 26 points per game this year, over 26 points per game. Yeah, it just it makes me nervous. I mean, I have that this game is just bad news bears written all over it. Whatever you pick, honestly, is – Honestly, it's just a guess. So if you're right on it, you're not like some big, bad mojo gambler because there's no way that you can justify one way or another Uh, over, under, Dolphins, Jags. But I'm going to take the Dolphins plus three just at one unit. Um, I would feel comfortable buying a half to make it three and a half just in case last second field goal, who knows. Um, But the the Jaguars are 2-0 against the spread. After everyone thought that they were tanking, I just I just don't see them being that good. Their games have been close. But the Dolphins aren't no schmo either. They held in there with the Patriots. Damn near beat the Bills. I think uh, they can beat the Jaguars. If not, keep it really close. I know plus threes basically win or lose by very little. But I'm going to ride with our team here at plus three. I like that pick. I mean, I almost did it. I just couldn't bring myself to do it just because I know, first of all, another, another thing, neither of these teams are good on Thursday night. Like, they're historically, they're both trash on Thursday night. So that's the reason why I didn't go that. But then let's roll into Sunday night. We got the Packers at the Saints. The Saints, surprisingly, are three-point favorites. And the over-under is 52. What are you, what are you leaning here? I wanted to go Packers so bad, spread, money line. Might do Packers spread, money line. But I'm also hitting over of 52 at two units. Jarrett's giving me a thumbs up. Uh, Like I said, I like the Packers in this game. 52 points is high. But so far, all four um, of the games of these two teams would have hit this over Packers with no problem. Um, Both teams' defenses have been abysmal. They let up 27 and 28 points per game while scoring 29 and 42. I mean, this game could come full circle, bite us in the ass, be like 30 total points. 
but given how they've played this year, you can't not take the over. Yeah, not a chance this game is very total points. If anything, it's going to be like 48 or 49. It's going to piss me off. But I am also doing the over of 52 just because I – just like the Thursday night game, I could, I, I could see this game going either way. I, honestly, like, you can't ever count Drew Brees in a, in a revenge game. And the way the Packers have been playing, they've been amazing. But what I do know, like Travis said, both the defenses have been awful, and I can see points being put up at a premium. You look at the Packers team, they're averaging 42 points per game, over 42 points per game. The Saints are right at 30. Um, both the defenses are bad, so I can see just being an Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees shootout, and I'm here for it. I'm actually pumped for this Sunday night game because I want to see points fucking up and on the board, which is why I'm hitting the over. Yeah, it might be hard to stay away from Packers. Uh, money line. I'll dab on it. I'll dab on it probably. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but regardless, that's straight value over 52 should hit. No question about it. Monday night, a game that's also going to be very fun to watch. Hopefully, shall one team not run away with it. <clears throat> Chiefs at Ravens. Ravens are three-point favorites. And the over-under is 53-and-a-half. I think Jared's leaning the over here. I was changing my mind last minute. I'm going Ravens minus three. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and I'm actually putting my dick out there on it. I'm doing three units on it. I also did three units. So, I mean, something's got to give here. And I think the Ravens are a better – are playing – like, I'm not saying they're the better team. But right now they're playing better football than the Chiefs. That's what I I said the Ravens have their shit – a little bit more together at this point in the season right now. Yeah. No, I mean, another, I also maybe have some bad blood in my mouth because I bet on the Chiefs minus eight and a half last week and they fucking blew that game against a rookie quarterback. So, but I, I do think Kansas City's a good team. Like, they're obviously going to be one of the final four teams left in the AFC, clearly. Um, but they just had a tough time with, with a rookie quarterback last week. They're 27th in the league against the run. Ravens are the fourth best running team. I think Lamar Jackson in that running game is going to give them absolute fits. Yeah. Um, I had, like, I know we can technically pick primetime games for a locks, but I don't like doing that. If this wasn't a primetime game, it would be my lock. Uh, the Ravens dominated both games. I know they played the Browns week one, and they uh, beat the Texans by one more point than the Chiefs did. But the Chiefs kind of digressed last week. They looked kind of slow bad against a rookie quarterback in his very first NFL game. Uh, and so just thinking about that, just I would, if I were a Chiefs fan, I'd have nightmares as to what Lamar Jackson can do to you if Justin Herbert can do what he did. Yeah, it's definitely going to be scary. So um doesn't help that it's in Baltimore as well. So Chiefs having to go West Coast to East Coast is never easy. So Yeah, well, halfway across the country. It's not too terribly far saying, at the it, same time. Well, in the span of a seven of a, of a week, because they're probably going to travel out there, I guess on Friday or Saturday. You've gone from Kansas City to LA, back to Kansas City, and then oh yeah, they were in LA. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But yeah, Ravens minus three, hammer it. Upset of the week. I'm going to roll into mine. My upset of the week is a game, Rams versus Bills at twelve o'clock on Sunday. Rams are the underdogs plus one ten. Taking the Rams plus two or at two units pains me to say it. I talked about it, but the Rams look good right now, and I don't know how uh, they can be an underdog. The Bills struggled versus Miami. They almost let the Jets in it uh, week one, and the Rams have shut down the Eagles. They have shut down the Cowboys. 
I just don't see it going over too well for Josh Allen. Jarrett said he doesn't see John Brown having a big game. That would result in the Rams secondary being well. Uh, I just don't think that the Bills have quite played a team like the Rams caliber, and it'll show in week three here. I mean, we've said it all along. You know, the team that's going to come out of the AFC East is going to be mediocre, 9-7 and seven at best. And there's no way a 9-7 and seven team is going to fucking start out 3-0. and So, I like that pick. Almost leaned it. I'm going with the one that has a little bit more value and maybe more of a risk, but I like it a lot. I talked about how I almost picked the Bengals at plus 200. I'm actually going to do the Cowboys at plus maybe five against Seattle on the road. Two units. Um, and the reason being is because Seattle has one of the worst de- – actually, statistically has the worst defense in the league. Yeah, I just don't like that because I think that Russell Wilson is more, it can score more at will than Dak Prescott. He can, but we'll see. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. I, 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 did, I didn't like a lot of the upsets this week. Like I said, I almost picked the fucking Bengals, so that tells you anything. Um, I didn't lean the Rams. I'm going to go Cowboys plus 185, two units. It's Sunday at 325. We actually have five late games, late games this week, which is fun. I gave you one of them right there. Um, you know, Dallas played very two close games. Obviously, they lost to the Rams by three. They came back and had that comeback win against Atlanta. Uh, Seattle's also played in, in some pretty close games, especially last week against against New England. I think it's going to be a fun game regardless. Um, and I'm just going to lean lean Dallas just because I don't see Seattle 3-0. Yeah, but I would like to see Seattle win that game, honestly. Uh, after watching Russell West or Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson on uh, Sunday Night Football, it just it made me miss like how talented of a quarterback the dude is. He's talented, and he can still do whatever the fuck he wants because I think it's going to be a barn burner. I honestly might I honestly might dabble in the over on it as well. Yeah, I think it's very high, though. It's like 56 or something like that. It's yeah. Uh, lock of the week. Lock of the week. I think me and Jared are going to have the same. Talked about it earlier. Mine's Lions at Cardinals. Nope. You picking that later? I don't have that on my slate, but I like it. I like oh. I didn't, Cardinals are, I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it last week, and I liked it, and I bet on it, but I, I don't have my slate. Yeah, so lock, the Cardinals were my lock of the week last week. They're my lock of the week this week. Uh, five and a half is the line. It's at 325 on Sunday, um, and I'm throwing three units on it. If you ever told me that I'd be laying five and a half with the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, I would have told you to piss off. But they beat, put a whooping on the Redskins last week. Think they can put a whooping on the Lions this week? The way their defense has been, Cardinals are at home. The Lions are letting up 445 yards a game. I mean, Kyler Murray is going to just destroy them. And if he doesn't, then he has an off day because he should. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game to watch for sure. Um, like that pick. It's not my lock of the week. My lock of the week goes against. What Travis talked about in the fantasy episode, fantasy portion of the podcast. I'm going the Falcons minus four. Oh my gosh. Falcons minus four at four units, just because I don't see you have the Falcons sitting at 0 and 2. The Bears are 2 and 0. The Bears are not a 3 and 0 team. They are not. No, a- I know. The Bear, I thought the Bears were going to be horrible this year, but that's just. It's Bro, they have played the Lions. Mind you, they should have lost that game if DeAndre Swift doesn't drop that touchdown pass. And then they played a Giants team who, who they only beat by four points. No, they should have lost there at the end. Yeah, and they didn't have Saquon Barkley for 
75% of the game. If Saquon Barkley plays the whole game, the Bears lose. I guarantee it. So the Falcons are much more talented than both of those teams. Four points to me doesn't seem like a lot. Four units, Falcons minus four, because the Bears are not, are not a 3-0 team. All right. You just convinced me. Um, five additional picks, just like last week, college and NFL. I, again, have four college and one NFL pick. I'm going to start off. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Just got three and two, three college. Yep. All right. Saturday. By the way, time out, time out. SEC football is back this Saturday, guys. It is. It is. Oh, my gosh. I only have have one SEC game on my slate. Uh, It's just hard to pick SEC games right now because they are going to be just a crapshoot because we don't know who's going to be good and who's not. Regardless, I'll go in chronological order of how they're happening. The first game is at 12 o'clock on Saturday. FIU at Liberty. Liberty six-and-a-half-point favorites, and that's who I'm rolling with on two units. They were a 14-and-a-half-point underdog last week. Took care of business. Beat Western Kentucky. Uh, now they get their home opener versus an FIU team who has not played. And not playing a game is not going to – it's really going to show considering – how fast Liberty's QB is. Like, I don't know if you watched that game, but he is an animal. I don't think FIU is going to be able to be in shape enough to keep up with him. Uh, he's just going to be able to scramble out of the pocket and just have his way with FIU. I like that pick. I'll probably definitely tail that with you. Um, but you said noon. Are you sure it's not 11 a.m.? It's noon. Weird. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you. My first game is an early one, 11 a.m. It is an SEC game, baby. Number 23, Kentucky, which is stupid. And number eight, Auburn, <laughs> 11 a.m. on the SEC network. I'm not touching the spread. The over for an SEC game is 49 and a half. So I'm hitting the over at two units. I just think that's super duper low, especially like you said, like defense, like the first game of the year, if you've never played a football game, it definitely favors towards the offense because defense is at a disadvantage already with all the rules that, that, Go into that going to football, you probably gas takes more to defend than it does to play offense. Um, so that's why I'm leaning you over there. I mean, 50 points is not a lot for an SEC game at all. No, that is not a lot. I'm just it's just hard with SEC teams because we don't know how they're going to be. But 50 said 49 points that's tough to not take for a college game. My second pick. Is Iowa State at TCU at uh, noon 30. 
on Saturday. TCU is two and a half point favorites. Or I'm sorry, Iowa State is two and a half point favorites. And I'm taking Iowa State at two and a half, two units. Yes, they looked ugly in their opener to Louisiana Lafayette. Ugly. Ugly is an understatement. They got their Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was their opener. They hadn't played, uh, you know, long off season. Most teams are going to look bad, which is why I picked Iowa State because this is TCU's opener. Yeah. They don't know who's going to be QB. Their sophomore quarterback uh, has had some heart issues. They don't know if he'll be ready. So if he's not, they're going to have to go with another sophomore quarterback. On the other hand, Brock Purdy is a solid quarterback to go with. I don't think they're going to start 0-2. Um, so I had to go Iowa State minus two and a half. Don't hate that pick. I just stayed away from it because of that Louisiana Lafayette game. But it was it was a big letdown game for them. My second pick is going to be number 22, Army, at number 13, Cincinnati, at 230 on ESPN. The spread is 14, and I'm taking the dogs. I'm taking Army at plus 14. Give me three units on this game. I am super confident in it. Since he's 0-1 against the spread this year, Army's 2-0. I know Army hasn't played a lot of good opponents, but they've only allowed seven points all fucking year. I don't see them losing by more than two touchdowns to, to Cincy. Yeah, this is my this is my next pick as well. Um, I'm changing. I'm buying a half point to make it 14 and a half, just to cover my ass a little bit. It's still it's only minus 20, so why not? I know what, your go ahead and mark me down for that as well because that's actually brilliant. I would, like when I'm actually putting out the bets, I would probably have done that. I was just looking at – yeah, so I'm going to do that as well. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's definitely worth it to make from minus 110 to make it minus 120. Uh, but like Jared said, uh, Army has been absolutely amazing through two games. I know they haven't played a whole lot of competition, but only letting up seven points. It's rare to see a team start off the season with such a strong defense. The only thing that worries me is their, like, read, triple option, whatever the fuck they run. If it doesn't get going early, it could be a problem for them. I, I don't see it happening, which is why I picked them, because since he let up 20 points to Austin P. So, Army plus 14 and a half. Love it. They're ranked. Two ranked teams. Should be a good matchup. Should be. Saturday at 2.30 on ESPN. My last college game before I give you two more additional NFL picks. Um, Vandy at number 10. Texas A&M at 6.30. It's on SEC Network Alternate, which a lot of people probably don't get. The spread is dumb bananas. It's like 30-something points. But then I looked at then the over-under. Obviously, Texas A&M's favorite. But then the over-under is only 46.5. So, again, SEC game. You're telling me there's only going to be 46 points scored. You're, you're high. I'm taking the over um, at 46 and a half and give me two units on that. All right. Don't hate it. Jared with us overs this week. Um, my fourth pick is going to be really bad or I'm going to look like a genius. It is number two, Alabama at Missouri. And Alabama's 27 point favorites. This is at 6 o'clock on ESPN, primetime game at Mizzou. I'm laying, I'm laying the plus 27 with, with the alma mater. I mean, you think about it, 27 points is a lot. If, you get, if Mizzou gets beat by four touchdowns, they might as well just go to the damn MAC conference and play the rest of the season because they don't belong to be there. A lot of people are like, oh, they're missing so many players. 
They had to redo their COVID test yesterday. They're only missing seven players. They haven't released the names of those players, but I'm going to take the gamble and say that they aren't going to affect the game a whole lot. Um, they do have 69 players on scholarship that are going to dress nice. So both QBs new to the offenses. I just think four TDs is way too much to not take Mizzou at home. Watch one of those. Uh, this will probably sway your bet a lot, but watch one of those guys test positive COVID be, be Nick Bolton. Why does that have anything to do with anything? Cause he's like our, he's a preseason all American linebacker. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, it's just – unless unless all seven dudes are starters, I don't think it's going to affect the spread that much. Like, if it, if one of the guys is a starter and they lose, I'm not going to be like, oh, they lost because one of their starters didn't play. Yeah, I hear you. I told you I hated it from the get-go, and I'm not going to tell you I like it because I still hate it because I was there when Alabama – the last time Alabama came to Mizzou in 2012, and we kind of have a similar program then as we do now our first year in the SEC, and we got just fucking train wrecked. Like, absolutely train wrecked. I think it was 52 to 10. So We, we played it a couple of years ago, too, uh, and it wasn't pretty, but we at least kept it a little bit competitive. I just think that with Bama's new offense and how it's rolling, uh, Mac Jones, I'm not a believer in Mac Jones just yet. You're going to have to prove me wrong. Cover a 27-point spread, and I'll totally buy into the Bama new hype. Okay, we'll see. I mean, I, I would love to see it, but we'll see how it is. So Travis has given all four of his college picks. I have He has one more NFL pick. I have two more NFL picks. And I'm going to do two things I did last week with um, that played out well for me. Last week I did the Jets team total under. So I'm going to give you two team totals this week that I like. My first one is the Giants team total. It's under 19 and a half. They play the same team, they play the same team that the Jets played last week, um, the, the Niners. Uh, it's minus 125, so it's a little rich. I'm going to do three units, Giants under 19.5 points. With all their missing players, I don't, I don't not like it, but it is, it is a little bit uh, scary knowing that they're missing that many defensive linemen. But I don't hate it. My last and final pick, this was almost my lock. Noon game on Sunday. It's the Titans at the Vikings. The Titans are 2.5-point favorites, and that's who I'm taking. Uh Two units. They're 2-0. and Vikings are 0-2. I can't believe this is only a two-and-a-half-point spread. I mean, the Vikings really have shown that they don't have any life in them right now. Titans, yeah, they did squeeze out two very close games to not-so-great teams. But I feel like the Titans are going to hit them with Derrick Henry. If they need to pass it, Ryan Tannehill can hit them with the pass. If they can call the right play calls, they should beat the Vikings by 14 points. We shall see. I, I agree. I almost put that in my slate, too. I liked it a lot. It was almost my lock, but I just couldn't pull a trigger for whatever reason. My last pick is I'm going back to the Packers-Saints game. I'm going to do the Packers team over of 23. It's only 23 and a half, and the Saints defense is awful. We saw what Vegas was able to do them. Derek Carr, imagine what Aaron Rodgers in that offense can so it's 23 and a half points for the Packers. I'm hitting the over. It's minus 130. Again, a little rich, but I'm going to do two units on that one. All right. You heard it there. We're going to give you a couple bonus picks because there's a big UFC card, UFC 253 this weekend, two huge title fights, uh, Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa, and then 
uh, Jan Blahovitz versus Dominic Reyes for to take over the belt that John Jones gave up. Uh, Jarrett wants to give two of our favorite bets for this Saturday. And mine aren't like locks by any means, but they're two that I think could be uh, pretty beneficial. Yeah, I did. I did two that I liked, but I'm again, they're like I wouldn't like they're they're value for sure. Yeah. Uh, so rolling into my first one, it's going to be the main event. I'm going to do Paulo Costa plus one fifty. Uh, it's I don't I mean I don't love it by any means. Definitely just for value. The thing that scares me is that he has an eight inch reach deficit versus Adesanya. And Costa is a huge striker. Like if he's going to win this fight, it's going to be on his feet. The dude lands 8.4 strikes a minute. He's talked mad shit. He's undefeated. Uh, He wants to knock this dude out and that's the only way he's going to win. So I think if he can keep this fight on the feet, there's no way that he shouldn't win. I mean, he could knock out Adesanya. Yeah. That you're, that's my second pick, but I'm leading into it now because what you just said is if he's going to win, it's going to be by knockout, which is why I'm taking Reyes or sorry Costa by TKO or KO at plus two twenty. So if you can get that prop somewhere, you can. I know it's not available everywhere. I do like uh, Costa at just the money line at plus one fifty, just in case he does dominate the whole fight. But I think in my in my eyes, if this if this fight goes to decision. It's not going to be Costa's fight. It's going to, it's going to be Adesanya's. He's going to have to win by, by knockout. Um, and the one the one thing that I why I think why I think he, he can win this fight. Look at both their fights versus Yoel Romero. Just go and look at them. Costa advanced the entire time. Had Romero against the cage. Was punching him, knocking him down. And Adesanya fought very. I don't know what how you want to call it, but he was very not defensive. It's how yeah. it's how people have been trained to fight for titles now. All the belt holders fight so scared, and I hope that's not what this turns into because I mean this has been going on for two to three years now. Where anyone that has the belt, they don't come out looking for performance of the night or knockout bonus. They come out looking to hold their belt. They don't care if it's boring or not. Yeah, because you got well, obviously Usman does that. Um, Woodley did it for years. Woodley did it. John Jones did it for, there for a couple of years after he started like breaking records with holding his belt. Yeah. Uh, it just, it's shit happens. I mean, you don't want to let go of the belt and I don't blame him, but at the same time, it's like you're in the entertainment business. You're getting fucking paid to do this shit. Let's see a damn fight that we pay a bunch of money for. Travis likes cost of money line. I cost by TKO plus two twenty. What is your second pick? My second pick is another underdog. It was, I honestly like both. I would honestly, as honorable mention, lean Jan Blahovitz at plus 220. But I'm going with Brandon Royval, who is the third fight uh, on the main card. And Brandon Royval, 11 and 4, fighting Kaikara France at 21 and 8. Uh, he, has a, he has a one inch reach deficit, not a big deal. Royval's plus 190, though. And if the dude doesn't get knocked out, he's winning this fight. His takedown average is 1.8. He has a 100% takedown accuracy, and his submission submission average is 3.6. If he can get this dude on the ground, he will win this fight, no doubt about it. I like that. It's a deep dive. But before that was interesting to me, 
I believe I talked to you two weeks ago and you said you do not like Jan Blahovitz, but now you do. Now I do. I'm just looking. I mean, I would never put money on Dominic Reyes minus 260. Blahovitz, I don't know. I think he's, I mean, he's a better wrestler than Reyes. I think that he has been around long enough and he doesn't have much time left. So he wants the title probably a little bit more than Dominic Reyes does in my eyes. Okay. See, I, I think agree. he wanted because he wanted that fight with John Jones because he knew oh. that he was probably up next. So he's like, okay, who better? Like, if I can't beat Dominic Reyes, I know for a fucking fact that I wouldn't be able to beat John Jones. Yeah, no, I just, I I couldn't go two dogs in, in in title fights. I don't know when the last time that's happened on the, on the same card. So a value pick again. It's not anything crazy. I'm not going to tell you how many units put on it, but I do like Reyes by decision. I could see that fight going to decision because these are two dogs that aren't going to knock each other out. I don't feel like I think they're going to swing. They're going to throw. We saw what Reyes was able to do against John Jones, go the distance. Lahovitz has also gone the, John, gone the distance against John Jones. They're tough. They have tough chins. I think Reyes can get more volume in. Lahovitz is more of a knockout specialist, like finding that, finding that uppercut or finding that, that one hook where he catches a guy where I think Reyes has got more volume, got more accuracy, um, so Reyes by decision is plus 285. So, Okay, don't hate it. I probably will stay away from that fight. If anything, I'll throw a small amount on Jan just to hope yeah. that he does something against Reyes. But, uh, yeah, those three fights, uh, the last three fights on the card should be interesting and really fun to watch. The whole card, definitely recommend. We always say this, and the main card ends up kind of being a dull dud, which has been UFC for the last couple of years. But this one... I don't think so. This one should be something special. Um, you got well, because you got three guys that are hungry for a belt, fighting for the belt. Yeah, you got Costa. Got, yeah, yeah, three guys. Yeah, I guess Adesanya already has it, but the 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 light heavyweight belt. Those both those guys want it. I mean, they've probably wanted it for years on years to come. Yeah, and then Costa just that dude is an animal. So. Gonna be a big weekend. Football on Saturday, fights on Saturday night, football on Sunday. Uh, can't wait. We'll tweet out these lines, of course. Uh, but yeah, until next week. See you then. Easy, guys.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.